Cacetes, coxa de maçã, coxa de maçã, vai, cara, rola, 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 There's a thousand pretty women waiting out there And they all live in the cat And I just live a lot of space Viva! Last week! Viva! Last week! Good morning, sweet world! And welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. Friday, January 12th, 2024. This is The Drop. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Podcast listeners, this is for you. Next to him, it's the bearded one, Matasha Hot Boy, Trey Kirby. Hey-o. hey yo. And over yonder, the man making the magic happen, super producer, J.D. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Smash that like button, subscribe, share the show with a friend, comment away, and podcast listeners, please... Leave your boys a five-star rating and review. On today's drop, we're going to look at the biggest names traded over the last five deadlines to maybe sort of try and figure out who could be the biggest name this deadline. Uh, We got an incredible tweet of the night, a must-see tweet of the night, I will say, and uh, we'll end with rapid-fire fun. But first, we're jumping through some of the games. (laughs) A lot of blowouts there. Ugly night in in the the NBA. NBA. Yeah, ugly afternoon, maybe, and night. Uh, But we got some news as well. But let's start with a game that you guys had on playback, and it was the NBA Paris game, and it was Donovan Mitchell scoring a season-high 45 as the Cavs beat the Nets. Uh, does Paris deserve better is the question. Or what did you think of the game? They definitely deserve better from one team. The Brooklyn Nets, <laughs> However, Donovan Mitchell did show up. The yeah. Donovan Mitchell show was fun to watch. The dribble package. He had it all. He had the spins. He had that quick crossover. I like the up and over when there's someone reaching. That's mm. so pretty. He did that to Trendon Watford. He even did it to Nick Claxton's head at one point. He didn't score after, so it's not on the highlights. But, <laughs> but a couple of pretty moves. And just watching that and hearing about Donovan Mitchell and how he wants to be on USA this summer for the Olympics mm. made me think of Dwayne Wade. Because Dwayne Wade was the last guy who liked that up and over move. And also, in 2008, he was part of the Redeem team. He was coming off the bench. Kobe, LeBron, Melo starting. And he was the lead scorer on that team. And watching last year with the World Cup, Steve Kerr was saying, Anthony Edwards, you come off the bench. Do your thing. But then the starting lineup didn't really work. So he brought him back into the starting lineup. But I could see Donovan Mitchell being that guy off the bench, being the Dwayne Wade. Just not passing. Just score, man. And Dwayne Wade was the leading scorer in that in that Olympics. And... They need one of those. And Donovan Mitchell could be that because he's going to be with a lot of stars who would be the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there's going to be a, a, a little release of uh, the guys he that they want to have. Not necessarily a, a public release, but just to push. Guys like even Steph want to be there. Durant wants to be there. So he could be off the bench. I, I could see that happening. Anyways, it was good that he was there. Yes, <laughs> yes, it was good that he was there because this was a boring, tedious watch. I was yawning through the fourth quarter at 4 o'clock in the afternoon Eastern time. The Nets shot 45% from the field. The Cavs shot 39% from the field. Both teams finished under 30% from three. 
Luckily, Mitchell was there, but you can tell that the game wasn't all that because everybody's talking about will he make the Olympic team in the summer, yeah. <laughs> just because it was in the same city. But 21 points in the fourth quarter, the Nets did stage a little bit of a comeback, and then Mitchell checked back in and slammed the door on him, started hitting some threes. Basically, only Karis LeVert was playing well alongside uh, Mitchell there on the Cavs, but uh, this was a game. This was a game of basketball. Well, did they get excited when Tristan Thompson got ejected with like 10 minutes to go in the game? He was pissed off with Nick Claxton, you know, jamming on him or near him. And uh, I guess that cut the lead to 10. It started to get a little close, but Thompson took offense to it. Did the crowd pop or were they just confused? Yeah, it was a little... Okay. Whatever. (laughs) A little happening out there. Uh, I think, you know, Tristan Thompson had his pride hurt yesterday, I do believe, because they went to hack a Tristan Thompson Mm -hmm. in the third quarter. You don't see the hacks all that often these days. He steps to the line, knocks down the first one, stares down Jock Vaughn on the Nets bench, goes to the line for the second one, airballs it completely, (laughs) didn't even touch the bottom of the net, and then he's just laughing, running back. They did it again. He missed the next two. Then he got dunked on by Claxton, so he said, I've had enough of this. Mm. You're embarrassing me in Paris? No, I'm getting kicked out. (laughs) Probably wise. Yeah, the hack of Tristan Thompson in the third quarter. That was early for that. And to see him get tossed like that, even I thought it was a little lame. I like reducing a little bit of the the fighting, air quotes, fighting. But Nick Claxton, after the dunk and after the whistle, just was walking back to his own bench. And he got in Tristan Thompson's way, so Tristan Thompson used his chesticles to bump him. Yes, absolutely, that's what happened. But a flagrant two for just tossing. If it wasn't for... The quick crossovers of Donovan Mitchell and scoring 21 in the fourth quarter, this game would have been yikes. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that would have been the highlight we would have been talking about. Tristan Thompson. <laughs> Tristan Thompson bumping. But Donovan Mitchell was yeah. really good in that fourth. Yeah, and uh, you said it there. Several officials from USA Basketball were on hand to watch. He went 15 of 30 from the field, 11 of 13 at the line. He had 12 boards, too, which was one shy of his career high. And the Athletic did report on Wednesday that USA Basketball they're going to begin formally recruiting players for the Paris Olympics by the end of this month. So we, I don't know, it, it'll likely be leaked, right? We'll get a list of 35, 40 players who might make the uh, final 12-man roster. Mm-hmm. So we can look forward to that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Luckily, Mitchell put on a show for uh, everybody <laughs> in Paris. <laughs> I, yes. I, I, you have to assume it'll be a little bit more fanfare next year if Wembenyama is there with the Spurs. At least he is there. I mean, we'll see who they're playing, whether the game is any good, but it is what it is. Moving on. Uh, There's a a couple of interesting things here, though, that actually happened in the Paris. You were uh, yawning. I I didn't know you had notes. Good. No, it has nothing to do with the game. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Things that are happening around the game. Joe Varden reported that Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith, both starters for Brooklyn, both received IVs for undisclosed illnesses, Hmm. played reduced minutes. I think they got the Lee Ellis special. Mm-hmm. Would be my guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Undisclosed illnesses, but they were still able to play. They there had fun. Go. They had fun in Paris. They had fun in Paris. They didn't do much out there on the court. Also, the Nets hosted, this is from Joe Varden as well, the Nets hosted a symphonic tribute to Notorious B.I.G. at the Paris Opera House. I did see that. Sounds yeah. like fun. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, that was one of the best things that Jacques Vaughn has ever been to. That's what he said. He said okay. that, yeah, that sounded good that to sounds me. That sounds cool. Yeah, that sounds great to me. Yeah, too much fun, though, for Spencer Dinwiddie there. <laughs> who's like the big... Who, who was the biggest star in attendance? Obviously, Tony Parker's always there. Joakim Noah, you know, former NBA player. Pharrell. Pharrell. Pharrell in a cowboy hat. His hat. Yeah, right? he left early. Did he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of soccer stars as well. Oh, Mbappe. Mbappe. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. All of PSG was there, basically. Yeah, old Ronaldo. 
So, Old Ronaldo uh, was yeah, there. Beckham, yeah. Yeah, yeah Beckham was there as well. Uh, <laughs> I don't. The thing with the thirty-five forty list for the Team USA, yeah. I don't think that we're all going to see that because there's going to be number one. There's going to be lots of people from that list that say no. I'm not going. And I don't think they want the public to see that. I think that's going to be a private list okay. that Steve Kerr and Grant Hill may have. Right. Um, but, yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. Joe Varden will leak it. Joe He's Varden will leak it. it. He's yeah. all over TV. Yeah. Say. Two last uh, nuggets here. Yeah. Mikhail Bridges, we know about his streak. He says he's eaten Chipotle every day for a <laughs> oh. decade. Oh. I think it's dubious. I don't know how he would have gotten it in the bubble personally. But he <laughs> did get it delivered to his hotel room <laughs> in Paris. He's like, that got that Potle. <laughs> it was awesome. Wow. Yeah, it looked like he didn't order it, that they just knew that yeah, he's been ordering forever, up. so they just showed up. <laughs> okay. Yeah, just a marketing marketing move. Yeah, okay. And oh. finally, Jared Allen took a picture with the Eiffel Tower and sent it to his mom. <laughs> this, hey, I love all this stuff. This right? Great. That stuff's better than the game. <laughs> all of that was very cool and fun, and yeah. the game was the game. Did we ever find out if Jeff Hamilton made those leather jackets? <laughs> Does anybody know? <laughs> great question. Uh, the answer... To soon to come. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, the other games on uh, yesterday, a lot of them uh, blowout variety. Even the close one was sort of a blowout until the Knicks made it interesting with a late push. But you see it here. Bucks trounced the tired-looking Celtics. 135-102. Thunder rolled past the Blazers. 139-77. to Not a typo. That 62-point victory matched the fifth largest route in NBA history. Kyrie Irving scored 44 as the Lucas Mavericks beat the Knicks. 128-124. Like I said, that one got close. And then Beal and Booker combined for 68 points as the Suns rolled to the 127-109 victory over the Lakers. Things were getting so bad on TNT in the doubleheader that the Ernie was cutting away from the Celtics getting killed by the Bucks to like a 20-point difference in the Knicks game at the time. Like They were just like, we don't know what to show you here. Um, so one of these nights in the NBA, but any any games or any um, performances that you wanted to touch on? I love Ernie calling for the red zone, essentially. <laughs> like, let's jump over to this game. Let's jump over this game. It was literally the worst night of the NBA this season, and that's fine. That's yeah. fine. It was just it was blowout after blowout after blowout. I thought the Knicks showing up in Dallas would be a lot different. They just started it off so poorly, let Kyrie go off. OJ and Nobi went to guard him in the third quarter. They didn't start that way. They they just got way behind. It was a one-point game, though, Yeah. <laughs> in yeah. the last 30 seconds, and they let Dallas get three offensive rebounds. They had four shots in a one-point game. That's tough. That could have been way different. Yeah. But there's just so many of those, and they got down so early. And the, We were talking, actually, while watching the Nets and the Cavs. Are the Nets going to beat the 82 points of the Hornets, which is the lowest scoring number this season? Oh, and they did, yeah. but... Then the Blazers beat it yesterday. 77. <laughs> Amazing. They lost by 62. They lost by 73 a couple of years ago. Um, but that has nothing to do with anything. That's, well, the Thunder did. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. The Thunder, yeah, the Thunder did. Well, no, the Thunder lost by 73 a couple of years ago. Shea was sitting, so it was okay back then. Uh, but this was just a womp. Uh, 62-point victory. That's the <laughs> one. Of, it matched the fifth largest route in NBA history. That just doesn't happen. A couple, Yeah, so when they lost... Two years ago by 73. That's the biggest difference in NBA history. Mm. Yeah, weird one. Weird stuff out there last night. Yeah, very strange. <laughs> Do you have any notes? <laughs> uh, just quickly on Kyrie. Scored 44 points last night. Let me uh, run the numbers here on how many shots he actually made. 15 shots. Three of them were layups. This guy was absolutely yeah. cooking with the jumper. He also had 10 assists, so a lot of time when he was getting into the lane, he was spraying out to shooters. Tim Hardaway Jr. had a really good game. The Mavs hit 17 threes. They looked good. Uh, I thought that was a nice win for Dallas because they had a great win against Minnesota. 
Then they had a real bummer loss against uh, the Grizzlies right after they found out about John Morant. And then now they beat a hot New York team. No Luka. And they were also missing Derek Lively, who hasn't played in a little bit. And same with Dante Axum. So I thought that was a really nice win uh, for Dallas, for Kyrie stepping up there. Then in that Lakers-Suns game, kind of interesting. Bradley Beal, a season-high 37 points and eight threes. The Suns took 39 attempts from three in this game. That's tied for their fourth most this season. Big-time area of improvement for Phoenix, and Beal is the key there because Phoenix is 26th in three-point attempts, 21st in three-point rate. We know they're mid-range monsters, but Beal was looking and shooting threes last night, knocking them down, which was great for the Suns. On the flip side, the Lakers... They don't guard the three-point line at all. They allow the most threes per game. Teams are shooting 38% against them. Then offensively, they're 29th in three-point attempt rate, 28th in makes per game. They make 11 of them in a game, give up 14. You're down nine, starting the game, just from your averages, really. So... L.A. needs some three-point shooting. Yeah, they absolutely do. They need a guard who can do it because it's not coming from anybody there. It's just the way it is. They obviously need Gabe Vincent to be healthy. But I do find the thing with Anthony Davis a little bit odd because Darvin Ham said before the season, oh, he's going to shoot a lot of threes. That's what he's going to do. But Anthony Davis hasn't gone back to bubble Anthony Davis. He's only shooting one three per game. It just doesn't happen. Mm. I'm just a little surprised why you just wouldn't stand out there and stroke them because, as you said, they're so far down in the ratings and start as far as three balls go, but it's just not going to happen. So they need a guard, desperately need a guard uh, to do that. But it was cool to see Beal on the other side look fantastic. That was the best I think he's looked oh, all season. Oh, definitely. Yeah. He yeah. was dribbling into some of those threes, oh, yeah. but the Lakers were taking away Durant. Durant did, I don't know, scored in the teens. Booker looking great at the point guard spot. That's what this team was built for. Bradley Beal, you're the third best guy. You're just going to get open shots. Yeah. He had open three after open three after open three. So 37 for him and Durant can just chill with an 18-point night. Yeah, I think heading into the game, even Vogel talked about the Suns shoot more threes. Like we should be shooting more threes. So they obviously uh, took that to heart. And uh, Durant talked about like telling Booker, like stop looking for me so much. Like <laughs> go cook, man. Like and and you always know. I- I've said this before. Booker in the first quarter, man. Like he has either games where he can't score at all, or he has those 16 point first quarters, and it's like whoa. Uh, he's here to to play tonight, and it was one of those games last night as they rolled to the victory. And the Bucks needed that one just to jump to that. I know it was a uh, you know we didn't even have starters playing for the Celtics in the second half. <laughs> Bit of a schedule quirk there they're not the first team to play a back-to-back uh, in the NBA uh, so we don't need to like yeah. cry for them that much but they went to overtime against the Wolves and then play Milwaukee and Milwaukee needed this one you know they Big had time. been reeling uh, or sliding a little bit there in terms of uh, all the losses piling up so to get this one Bobby Portis was really really good along with with Giannis if you're gonna look for anything in this one get rid of the back-to-backs Adam Silver I know you want to move to the in-season tournament and have a soccer sort of tournament We'll have a soccer sort of style and don't have back-to-backs. <laughs> I, I think we can get rid of them. It's true. Why not? There's like 14. You want a 12-month NBA season? No. No, sir. No, you want a shorter season. Yes. I, 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 that would be nice. <laughs> yeah, Listen, that's it's only the key, but they'll never do it. Yeah. I know. It is sort of the key. But each team only has like 15. So I'm just saying 15 back-to-back. Yeah. So you could yeah expand the season by 15 days and just literally get rid of them. That's not that hard at the beginning of October. That's they it. did that. They did that. They started the season earlier and they moved it back. Yeah, but it was just one week. I mean, it it hasn't it hasn't obviously they're they're doing a bunch of weird things with the in season tournament. Everybody takes some ch- time off, just chill. The all star game, yeah. just chill. 
I don't know. The back-to-backs just suck. Uh, period, in general. Um, but yeah, anyway, totally. No uh, one's gonna uh, yeah. Yeah, disagree with that. Yeah. But to be th- fresh, unless we go twelve-month-long seasons, which uh, right. no, it doesn't um, have to be. Well, then we have to all, cut fifteen games, <laughs> and then we're done. Yeah, it then would be nice to it. cut off games yeah. for sure. Cut yeah. some games, or it's, it's, it's not twelve months, but it would make the season longer. Yeah. Which which stinks. The only positive I th- I thought watching that Phoenix. Lakers game that I made me smile was seeing Bull Bull smile. This guy is the backup center for the Phoenix Suns now, which is unexpected. The guy was signed in September to a minimum deal. He scored this basket where he spun, looked like Donovan Mitchell out there, and he scored, and he just came back with the biggest teeth smile I've ever seen on Bull Bull. So respect to that, respect to him being their backup center. It is interesting how they're trying to move all of these pieces. Frank Vogel's trying to just piece things around their big three, and Bobo looks good. All right, that's way too much on last night's uh, yeah. blowout games. Let's move to uh, LeBron and Giannis uh, still leading the respective conferences in the second fan returns of NBA All-Star voting. The league dumped this uh, on us yesterday. Here's a quick look. Uh, in the West, uh, not a lot changed. It's LeBron, Jokic, KD as your three front court guys, and then Luka and Curry still as the guards leading when it comes to the fan vote. Again, 50%. This accounts for, and then the media and the players have 25% when it comes to their vote. Uh, And in the East, it's Giannis, it's Embiid, it's Tatum. Again, no surprise. But we had one little change here. Halliburton still leads the guards in total votes, and Trey Young has jumped Damian Lillard. So um, he uh, is slotted into the second spot. Asked you this last week, I'll ask you again. Any surprises? TK from uh, second fan returns here of NBA All-Star voting. Well, I think Trey Young moving into the starting spot is the biggest surprise, but he's also averaging 28 points per game and 11 assists while shooting like a career high from three uh, right now. Definitely deserving, but I was going back and looking. I was like, okay, how did this actually happen? Because Trey went on that streak of seven games where he had 30 points and 10 assists. I was like, oh, people were just watching those games, but that was before. The first returns voting. So I don't know what happened here. Mm. I guess uh, Lillard hasn't been super impressive for the past one week, but it seems like Hawks fans just got behind Trey Young right here. And despite the fact he's been a little bit cold uh, recently, it'd be nice for him to start an all-star game. He has before, but uh, sure, send him back. Yeah, um, for sure. He's moved up to second, dropped Lillard. Uh, I would say from the East, the Celtics fans also did some work. Porzingis jumped up a couple spots. Derek White jumped up a couple spots, or jumped up a spot. So did Drew Holiday. And so with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum up, up there, that's five starters for the Boston Celtics among these 20 names. That's 25% of these 20 <laughs> names. Respect. Uh, the New York Knicks at least got Julius Randle yeah. on the ballot. Yeah. He wasn't on it before. Right. Now he's eighth among <laughs> forwards who wasn't there before. So some teams doing some voting. Same with Devin Booker. He showed up. He wasn't on there before. Uh, in related All-Star news. Oh, I was, uh, was going to oh. ask, any uh, any harsh words for Raptors fans? Yeah, where's uh, where's Scotty Barnes? Nowhere to be seen. Siakam? Nowhere to be seen. I guess that's less surprising. Um, but then again, I've also said, like, personally, I don't think anybody should be voting for really any other forward in the Eastern Conference outside of Embiid, Giannis, and Tatum. That's how I would be filling out the ballot, uh, picking three signs. But yeah, a lot, you know, Canada does generally pretty well in this, getting behind the Raptors and their players, and he has been good. Though then you look at the record and you're like, oh, it's it's a Hawks-like record, right? But uh, Trey Young, uh, a little more, uh, a little more uh, fanfare from either Hawks fans. That's probably just from like kids and fans of the NBA. I think more than even Hawks fans. <laughs> I don't know many Hawks fans, if I'm being honest. So yeah, a little surprising though that he's not even cracking the top ten. Either of those guys. 
Barnes deserves it. <laughs> deserves to be tense. I'm surprised he might be he's not... tenth after the Darko rant. People yeah. know who oh, he is now. Oh, maybe. Yeah. 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 Maybe. Exactly. Like, Cat is tenth in the Western Conference amongst forwards. Uh, you... That's a small market thing, I guess, with the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's kind of odd. Like, Wemby and Holmgren are above Towns as they battle eighth and ninth. What a battle. What a rookie of the year <laughs> battle there, eight and nine. Uh, but it is, looking at the Western Conference forwards, it is fun. Jokic, he jumped Durant uh, for second in Western Conference That's forwards. Shangun jumped Paul George for sixth for the Western Conference forwards. Hey, hey Turkey. Yeah. Doing their thing. <laughs> I mean, for the most part, I think fans are getting it right, but I would have SGA over Curry right now filling out a ballot as one of the guards, and I would have probably Jalen Brunson as the other guard instead of Trey Young uh, to go along with Halliburton. But yeah. for the most part, and then again, like, it'll Jaylen, be interesting. Jalen is sixth. That's pretty far low for the Eastern Conference guards. Jalen Brunson. But, yeah, yeah, exactly. But I do, it'll be interesting to see when, you know, if this, let's just say, Trey Young stays in second, uh, 50% of the vote, again, from the fans, how will the media and players, players generally never vote well for Trey Young, if I remember correctly. Not last Probably year. Not, yeah. yeah. So, last year so the where does year, he fall in those votes, and who does that help? Brunson, Mitchell, you know, maybe Dame, stuff like that. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll start making our actual all-star picks in the, in the coming weeks here uh, as well. I was going to say, in other all-star news, uh, maybe some leaked jerseys. We don't know. This was making the way around the uh, Twitter sphere yesterday uh, from at Brandon1Ann uh, on Twitter, on X. What do you guys think? Uh, got some maybe, again, potential 2024 NBA All-Star jerseys here. Uh, a red and a blue because we're going east-west again. Thoughts? What do you think? Good, bad, meh? I think these are good. I, I, I sort of like them yeah. if they're real. Too. I love pinstripes. Okay. Um, I'm assuming the blue one would be the east. I went back and looked at like old Michael Jordan All-Star games, and it seemed the Eastern Conference either wears white or blue hmm. for the most part. So that's what I'm guessing. But yeah, I mean, the Pacers, their most famous uniforms aren't their pinstripes, but they had a lot of great moments in the pinstripes as well. So I like them playing off that. And then anytime you use cream as a trim, it looks great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tess? I say they're very solid. Uh, the pinstripes just makes them less regular, uh, less less n- just sort of normal uh, standard stuff as it, as it was last year. So yeah, they, they've taken a little step up, and I I do like the colors are you know, simple, but I, I like how the it's bold enough. I think the red one especially is bold enough. Has like a vintage feel, yeah. right? Uh, the, the colors to me, maybe with the cream mm-hmm. and the simplicity of it all. If if again these are the jerseys, mm-hmm. um, and I think it fits would fit well with the aesthetic of Indiana. So we'll see if those are real. Thanks to Brandon there on Twitter. I got some news here. Grizzlies guard Marcus Smart has suffered a severe right finger injury, and he will be sidelined for six weeks. This is another injury to another key member of the uh, Memphis Grizzlies backcourt, coming two days after John Morant tore his labrum, forcing him to miss the rest of the season. It's obviously no Steven Adams for the season. Brandon Clark going to miss basically maybe the entire season now with the way their season's probably going to go. Thoughts on on this one here from Smart. Going to miss a chunk of time thought is that was strange how it happened. It yeah. was swiped down upon by Kyrie Irving. Uh, but then Marcus Smart continued to play. He shot a three. And after he shot, he looked at his fingers and he thought, whoa, whoa, I got to do something. <laughs> that's he, messed up. It looked crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Literally displaced. Yeah. So that that's when he walked off. Yeah. It's just weird that it happened that late. Why wouldn't you just go off right after you got hacked? But I guess it felt fine enough until he let He's it rip. tough as nails, man. Yeah, yeah. But maybe it's the shot. 
maybe it's the shot form. I don't know. It's because it is. It's his ring finger. Yeah. It's like the the. I it, I say it's his shot form, but then he went and celebrated with these two fingers. He did a three sign. He did a. Three but he ball. had a weird one. Just and then he looked at it. And a half. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's what would made it weird because he celebrated. What the? You know. And so. That was weird. Uh, yeah, it's just so many injuries for these guys. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. It's well, cool, though, that he made his last three. That's <laughs> cool. Uh, Smart was actually playing probably about as well as he had uh, so far this season. But for Memphis right now, their only point guards left on the roster are Derrick Rose and Jacob Gilliard, mm-hmm. who were kind of like on two opposite ends of the spectrum of fourth string point guards. Like, guy way past his prime, guy you've never heard of. Yeah. Uh, so they'll probably make some sort of move to pick up some sort of dude. We shall see who it is, and, you know, obviously this ain't the season for the Grizzlies. <laughs> Are they going to trade Luke Kennard? That was my big takeaway looking at this team. They probably don't need Luke Kennard right now. Mm-hmm. That's a guy you have on your team if you're trying to make a playoff push. Maybe he helps somebody else out over there. Give me give me Ish Smith for Luke Kennard. I don't know. Like, <laughs> something simple so they can have a point guard who can pass it to Bain and Jackson. Yep. Yeah. And Marcus Smart. Was playing well, as yeah, I said. Yeah, hitting threes. Well, La- you had brought up his name as a potential guy that maybe they would move the yeah. Grizzlies because you could see teams wanting a guy like Marcus Smart, of course. Yeah, come playoff time. But I wonder if that changes this at all. Right, but as far as the front office must go, they must look at the roster and say, "Got to trade the older guys. Got to trade the older guys." Luke Kennard, yes, you're allowed to be dealt, and potentially Marcus Smart as well. We thought Marcus Smart would work well with this team, just being there. Yeah. Heart and soul. And he uh, might. <laughs> we yeah, just don't know. Yeah. Because, yeah, again, like 25.7, 4.7 assists, great percentages, shooting really well the last three games. There's just the last three games. So he was helping. Good. I was like, what? Is that, There's is no that way good? Marcus Smart is averaging 25 a game. I was, I was going to be shocked. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. So we'll, we'll... That, would, that would come back to, <laughs> to Earth. I was just going to check the standings here, like where they are in terms of uh, win losses. They're low, but still, I mean, they have 14 wins. And then, you know, you've got all these other shitty teams in the league. Like, you really would have to commit to not winning many games from here on out to get into, like, the top four help your odds for the number one pick when we're talking Spurs and Pistons and Wizards and Hornets and stuff like that. And even Blazers there. Yeah. So, 14 wins for the Grizzlies. And fifth worst record right now is the Hornets, who have eight wins. They've almost got double the wins already. And they just unfortunately picked one up against Dallas uh, earlier this week. Uh, But who knows? You know, the end of the season, weird stuff happens. Like, six weeks for a dislocated finger. Sounds like a long time to me. Mm -hmm. A lot of guys play through them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Shout out Kobe Bryant. Uh, But. Smart to sit him down. Oh, yeah. oh nice. nice. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Smart <laughs> me. <laughs> All right, final piece of news here I want to slip in before we take a break. Uh, the NBA is finalizing plans to turn the 2024 draft into a two-night event in Brooklyn. According to Woj, the draft would be split into first and second rounds on successive nights, June 26th and 27th. But the league must still get final approval from the Players Association before the plan can be made official. Um... I guess the idea here is NBA teams, they just, they're a little frustrated with the chaotic speed of the second round and that they would like it over two nights to allow a little more time to uh, plan their strategies and to make deals and stuff like that. That's the thinking behind this. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, it's totally fine. I, I don't know which one means more to the league. The fact that teams get to talk more, yeah, and have more time for the second day and develop some, yeah, some more involved deals, you know, with more teams and talk to each other and even talk to each other after the first round? Or is it the NBA wanting to get 
paid a little bit more because it'll be on two days <laughs> on TV, like the NFL. I'm not sure which one matters more, but it, I think it is good for front offices, period. Even after the first round ends, they could just be sitting there and chatting for four more hours instead of the whole thing being done to work things out uh, for uh, uh, create their own chaos. Uh, so I think it helps staffs talk to their own staff and then talk to other teams as well. And it also helps the NBA make money. Trey, what do you think of this? Sure. Okay. Uh, I, I think the same thing is when they announced it over the summer that they were looking at this. The only way it makes any sense is if they do lottery on night one, cap it there, and we come back for the second half of round one on day two, and then all of round two. Yeah. Because, Sounds like they're not going to do that, but yeah. But they should. Yeah. Be- because who's tuning in for the second round on a Friday night? No. I, apparently, it might be Wednesday and Thursday, so not Friday night, but no one. I mean, very few people are. Like, the sickos of all sickos yeah. are going to be tuning in to see the 54th pick yeah. being swapped around three times uh, on the second night of the draft. But it makes sense from the <laughs> team building, because it, it does go quick there in the second round. It has to, because the whole thing still takes... Like, how long does that thing go for on uh, one night? A long... Five hours? Or it goes late. Maybe? Yeah. Like, it's... I don't know. I tune out after, like... Yeah. You get a, at least a first round, and it's like, okay, get out of here. But... People, I think there'll be some people tuning in. What else is going on late June? <laughs> like... there, there, ain't, there ain't a whole lot of other sports. Baseball? This is, and the fact that it moves to primetime instead of being on it. 10 p.m., 11 p.m. Eastern. I guess. I mean, not a lot. I guess. I do not think you're hitting on it right there, Tass. It's all about money. No, I mean, yes, the NBA teams are going to have more time to make second round trades. Yeah. Okay, cool. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see the number 60 pick go for cash considerations. They needed three more minutes to figure that out. It's all about putting something else in prime time. Yeah. It doesn't matter if anybody watches it because it'll be more than no people watching no show. Mm. All right. Yeah. It is about money for for the NBA as TV partners. They say and they say, "Hey, TV partners, go get more money from ads and buy it for more from us." Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as the NBA goes, so yeah, ab- absolutely. I think there will be some weird, some weird GMs making some second round deals though that are a little bit more interesting. You know, maybe a player, maybe a Luke Kennard gets thrown in the deal. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I'm doing oh, it. Doing it tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> Luke Kennard may be moved for a top 55 protected second round pick. Oh, my God. Look, they're trying to emulate, they're trying to copy the NFL and what they do. They should copy less games from the <laughs> NFL. They will take everything else. Except for less games. Exactly. Scarcity of games. Yes. No way. We're an inventory sport, not an event sport. There should be less games. Good point. There should be less games. The most well, the NFL's popular... adding games. Yeah. The NFL's going one way. The NBA's going the NBA's like, we'll play 82 other. games. In, or if the NFL went to an 82-game schedule, people would watch all 82 games. <laughs> That's the crazy thing. Oh, it's probably There's true. There's a... A playoff game this weekend for NFL Wild Card Weekend, which is a very, very popular weekend. Hell yeah. But one of those games is solely on Peacock. Oh, yeah. You're going to see a lot of frustrated people this weekend. you got to go to Peacock. <laughs> That's too far. Yeah, hey, you guys want to come over far. to watch the game? You got the peacocks? You know I got the cock. <laughs> I'm cocked up as well. Absolutely. I like it as a as a in-and-out wrestling fan. It's great. Get all the events. I'm co- <laughs> I'm I got the Royal too, Rumble guys. coming. You got the cock, too. I got cock up the you wazoo. You got the cock. <laughs> it's great to go in and out. We will be coming over you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know when I got the cock? In all honesty, I got it for, um, for, for it must have been USA basketball games. <laughs> Remember that they were showing exclusively on uh, Peacock there. Uh, yeah. And that's why I the got summer. the service. And then it was, you know, it's... Five ninety nine a month, four ninety nine, something like that. You can keep it as long as your wife doesn't notice. <laughs> I'm like, why are we so 
Subscribe to Peacock. <laughs> well, Royal Rumble's on once oh, a year. I can't course. wait for the Rumble, man. It's coming yeah. up. Premier League as well. That's why I have it. Oh, oh right. Nice yeah. one. Yeah. So. The cock is great. Yeah, get the cock, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah. I've got other I've got other methods. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a break. Get loopy in here. Uh, When we come back, we're going to look at some of the biggest names moved over the last five trade deadlines. We'll take a, a stroll down memory lane. Don't go anywhere. All right. Still here in the Classic Factory. Take a second. Hit the like button. And just make sure you've subscribed to No Dunks. We're getting close to 100,000 subs. So help us out there. Uh, less than one month from the NBA's annual trade deadline. And there remain a few marquee players, names involved in active discussions between some of the front offices. And Yahoo Sports' Jake Fisher, he made a good point yesterday, I thought. We already have seen three all-star guards change locations this season. Damian Lillard, Drew Holiday, and James Harden all dealt before November. And then we had New York acquiring OG Ananobi, you know, sweeping another big name off the board. Fisher continued, So now consider the possibility that Zach Levine, who Chicago has explored moving since the summer, and then the Raptors' Pascal Siakam, they both remain with their franchises past the February 8th buzzer. It's a possibility. That would leave Hawks guard DeJounte Murray emerging as perhaps the most likely all-star caliber talent to be moved at the deadline. So this article from Fisher got me thinking, like, who have been the biggest names moved over the last five deadlines? And how did the immediate future sort of pan out for those teams that acquired said players, star players. So let's take a trip down memory lane here. 2023. This one's pretty easy. There's there's two to pick from. KD, the Suns acquiring Kevin Durant and TJ Warren from the Nets in a four-team trade with the Bucks and Pacers. Brooklyn received Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, four first-round picks, 23, 25, 27, and 29, and a first-round pick swap in 28. <laughs> from Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. Jay Crowder headed to the Bucks. Indiana netted some second round picks and uh, took on players into cap space. But yeah, this was obviously the biggest name dealt last year. A couple days prior, Kyrie Irving going to the Mavericks as well. I'm going to leave that one because we've talked about that one before. But how did it work out? It was weird, right? Katie hadn't played for a while because he had a MCL sprain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he had been out since January 8th. So he'd missed like 20 games. When he did play in his first game for Phoenix, it was on the road. He looked good. 23 points, 6 boards, 2 assists in 27 minutes. They beat the Hornets. They won. They would go on to win their next two road games. KD scored 37 in one of those. It was like, oh, okay. He's back. But on March 8th, Durant slipped and sprained his left ankle during pregame warm-ups. Right. Knocking him out what was mm. going to be his first Suns home game. He missed the next 10 games due to the injury. And then he returned. And he still looked good. The Suns won another five straight with KD averaging about 26 points per game. They went 8-0 when Kevin Durant played at the end of last season. And then they make it into the playoffs. He plays in all 11 playoff games. They beat LA, uh, the Clippers excuse me, in five, and then they lost to Denver in six. So the, the jury's still out on this one because there wasn't a lot of time at the end of last year. They won a playoff series. Now Beal's there, and uh, we'll see. It hasn't been great. Um, their overall season, but it's still like a, a, a TBD here, but by far the biggest name. I mean, Kevin Durant, one of the greatest players of all time, being moved <laughs> yeah, at exactly the deadline, right. is that's going to be tough to beat. And thank you for mentioning that he's great and a great teammate, I have heard. <laughs> uh, but I wonder, like I haven't gone through all of basketball reference, but I do love the transac- transactions part. 
of a of a player's page. Yeah. And I'm looking at Kevin Durant's for yeah. this trade. I'm there too, baby. And the paragraph <laughs> is ten lines long. Yeah. On my computer for all the stuff that was involved because it's a four team trade. Yeah. Lots of picks with lots of conditions on them. Is this the biggest chunk of text on all of the basketball <laughs> reference wow. website? Like we're gonna get into some more big trades yep. here. I'm like, we might see, might see some nice pros from a Harden trade. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever the biggest trade is, most players, most picks. I would love to know. Yeah, yeah. I went over there to see about those first round picks that you were mentioning. That's and, crazy. Eh? Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> what Phoenix was able to get? Literally five first round draft picks. Brooklyn able to get. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, for Kevin Durant. Because yeah, I mean, four first-round picks and then the swap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I wondered when it all happened. I thought it was it was in the works for months because Kevin Durant seemingly wanted out, and the Raptors seemingly had an option to go trade for him if they mm-hmm. wanted to give up Scotty Barnes. Uh, but also, apparently, you'd have to give up basically every draft pick <laughs> you own. Well, uh, essentially, and this was like. Honestly, let's just call it the Matt Ishbia trade, right? Yes. Yeah. New owner of Suns come in and says, hey, we can get Kevin Durant. Yeah, give him whatever they want. Come on, James. Em- empty the cupboards. Get him in here. Yeah. And that's the, I guess that's the last one, you know, including Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell of the huge amount of draft picks, <laughs> right? right? I mean, right. That's, I guess the Drew Holiday was prior to that, but that was three with two. This, this was sort of the end of, I think the last draft, the last time that this many draft picks were traded for a player. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, you're saying you don't think we're ever going to see a trade again that has four first round picks? I can't say that. And then maybe some swaps too? Yeah, maybe. It's a lot. I'm just not able to live in the future. But right now, (laughs) because of the apron and everything, that's just, it's literally like one trade, one draft pick per person, Mm -hmm. or maybe two. Yeah. yeah. But for Kevin Durant, obviously, you give up a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, But they haven't. They got to the second round last year. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. It took two games off the eventual champions, but yeah. uh, we'll see here. Okay, let's go to 2022. Um, there's actually two from this one, and I want to touch about uh, touch on both of them. The Nets and 76ers agreed to a blockbuster deal just hours before the trade deadline. James Harden, Paul Millsap going to Philadelphia, <laughs> Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first-round draft picks going to Brooklyn. This was two teams swapping unhappy superstars or stars i mean maybe not a superstar for ben simmons uh who had been seeking trades and again it came in right before the buzzer at the time of the deal the 76ers sat three games out of first place in the eastern conference um harding came he played 21 regular season games he averaged 21 11 and 7 team finished 51 and 31 that was good for fourth in the standing so they slipped from third to fourth but it was really close and then what happens well good old james harden Goes on to struggle in the postseason there uh, for Philadelphia. He shot just 40% from the field in the two series. He was particularly bad in the losses. And it was a little bit more of like we've seen this from James Harden at times. Um, what about the next season, though, Skates? Well, yeah, exactly, exactly. What about the next season? How did the playoffs go? <laughs> <laughs> well, better, honestly. It's some honestly. better games and then some, some really stinkers. But uh, it is funny to think, like, well, like, how did this go for Brooklyn getting Ben Simmons? I mean, ugh, even worse. I guess if you're a Brooklyn Nets fan, you look at this and say, the Sixers still owe us a 2027 pick, and James Harden is now on the other side of the country. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the Simmons thing has not worked out for Brooklyn, but maybe the picks will. Yeah. The other one that's more fascinating to me is in the week leading up to the deadline, 
the Pacers agreed to send two-time All-Star DeMontis Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, and Justin Holiday to the Kings in exchange for Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson. So this deal was fascinating because it involved two teams that had been trying to shake up their rosters because both, both were in the middle of disappointing seasons. The Pacers were 13th in the East at the time of the trade. They were 19 and 36. And the Kings, who came into the season, you might remember, like with a strong desire to make the playoffs and to end the drought, they were stuck at 13th in the West. They were 20 and 35. So they basically had the exact same record, same spot in their conferences. And so they made this deal. Uh, you know, we'll give you our one really promising young guard because we feel confident enough with Fox for your two-time big in Sabonis. And this one's worked out really, really well for both teams. The Pacers finished that season with just 25 wins, but Halliburton averaged 18-10 and 10 over the final quarter of the season in Indiana, and he blossomed into an all-star the following year. And uh, they also won 10 more games the following year, and now he's, you know, the leading vote-getter for East Guards. And the Kings finished the 21-22 season with just 30 wins, but Mike Brown came in, he's hired, and they eventually snapped the playoff trail. And Sabonis has been putting up some monster numbers uh, as of late, too. So this one worked out well. Two thumbs up. One of the rare, the rare win-win trades, really, at least so far. Yeah, only the Pacers are able to pull this kind of thing off, like they did with uh, Victor Oladipo and Paul George as well. Uh, it's rare that you trade two guys and both players in the trade become All-NBA players, but that's what happened. And you could throw Fox in the mix as well because he became All-NBA yeah. after Sabonis showed up, started setting screens, and helped take a little load off him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. the Kings had two big guard options there, and they had to get rid of one of them, sort of. They they moved on. They didn't they didn't have the Fox-Alberton chemistry working there, so they got Sabonis in there because they needed a big, just like what the Raptors just did. They need a little Nick. Uh, they, they needed a little... What, what the Knicks also got in that one. They, they're both winning because they Knicks yeah. have scores. They need OG, and the Raps needed uh, a little bit of guard play as well. But Halliburton, I thought, was going to be the winner of all things in this trade, but it really has worked really well for the Kings, too. 2021, biggest name involved in this trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Trey Kirby is nodding his head. He knows who it is. The Magic traded all-star center... Nikola Vucevic, and veteran forward Al Farouk Aminu. There's a name I had not thought about in a long <laughs> yeah. time. To the Bulls for Wendell Carter Jr., Otto Porter, and a pair of future first-round picks the Bulls own in 21 and 23. That 21 pick, Franz Wagner. Franz. Pretty damn good. Uh, 23, Jet Howard. You know, verdict still out on that one. Um, but yeah, Vuce was cooking this year when they made this deal. He was averaging a career-high 24.5 points per game, 12 <laughs> oh, yeah. boards, Four assists. Now he's doing it in Orlando. Uh, his scoring dipped in Chicago, but the efficiency and the other stats stayed pretty similar. The real kicker here for this trade is that the Bulls, with Vooch, have played in just five playoff games. Yeah, but how many have the Magic made? Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Fair. Um, would you rather have Franz Wagner than, than Vooch, though? I know it's uh, who knows what For happens. the future. So, yes. Yeah. Yes, of course. I mean, Franz is hurt right now, but this trade has basically ended up being Vooch for Franz Wagner. Yeah. Wendell Carter Jr. seemed like the big piece that the Bulls were giving up, but he played 62 games with the Magic, then 57. He's only played 13 games this season. He's putting up a triple single. He's their third best center, so losing out on Wendell Carter Jr. doesn't seem to have been as bad as it seemed like it could have been uh, for the Bulls, but yeah, Franz is going to be a star uh, eventually, but the Bulls at this point were just trying to get back to the playoffs, so they succeeded. (laughs) 
<laughs> and, uh, I can still remember walking through the parking lot at Bass Loft Skeet screaming, oh, no! <laughs> Blasting the serious, the Alan Parsons project. Uh, I was excited. I was excited. And then you Zach were... Levine got COVID and the Bulls didn't even make the playoffs that, that 2021 yeah, season. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and if I think Lonzo Ball doesn't get hurt, they don't have a good future in general. Like if he was there, if he's there playing, they'd have a great future. Yeah, uh, was but it, it, was, it was a great start. They had a, a, the perfect chemistry. I thought they, they were a really good team. But if Lonzo Ball ain't there, obviously it goes poof and goes nowhere. Really. Later in the day, by the way, the Nuggets won the Aaron Gordon sweepstakes during this trade deadline uh, because it was like the Magic were trading everybody. <laughs> they were like, okay, we're trading Vooch. Trade him to the Bulls and Aaron Gordon, who wants him, and the Nuggets uh, got him for you know Gary Harris, R.J. Hampton, and Denver's 2025 first round pick, which is top five protected. And that one uh, we talked about not long ago, actually. Aaron Gordon, you know, it wasn't amazing right from the jump, and there was injuries to the Nuggets, but of course it paid off with the way he played in their championship run. What uh, happened to R.J. Hampton? Everybody that was in favor of that Miami for Heat, a while. I think now, yeah, right? Is that yeah, right? I think yeah. I saw him. He definitely has bounced earlier. around, yeah, but he's sure. barely playing. Yeah. Um, strange. Yeah. Uh, 2020, biggest name was probably D'Angelo Russell. Uh, the Warriors traded D'Angelo Russell to the Timberwolves, along with uh, Omar- Omari Spellman and Jacob Evans. In exchange, Golden State received Andrew Wiggins, a protected 2021 first-round pick, who would become Jonathan Kaminga, and a second-round pick. So, I always forget, I, I gotta be honest, I always forget D'Angelo Russell was on the Warriors. Mm-hmm. For a hot minute there. And the Wolves had had their eyes on D'Angelo Russell since like 2019 free agency. He was like a top target for them. They wanted to, uh, I think they offered him a four-year contract, but the Warriors swooped in with the four-year max salary offer as part of a sign-in trade in the Kevin Durant deal, which got KD from the Warriors to Brooklyn. Uh, Again, I forgot about that. KD actually signed with the Warriors. D'Angelo Russell signed with Brooklyn, and then the the trade uh, occurs. But seven months later... 33 games with the Warriors, D'Angelo Russell. He's uh, finally teaming up with his buddy, Carl Anthony Towns, oh, in yeah. Minnesota. And, uh, yeah, D'Angelo Russell and Andrew Wiggins was uh, the, the biggest names traded on the 2020 deadline. I mean, uh, Russell at that point was an all-star, right? I guess he yep. wasn't in was Brooklyn. He coming off an all-star appearance in that season? I, I don't so. remember the year he made it, but it could have been. Uh, but 2019. Yeah. When that happened, when the whole Durant-D'Angelo uh, sign-and-trade happened, Everybody said, oh, they're just doing this so they can have a big contract to trade. And that's exactly what happened. Because D'Angelo Russell had his career high for the Warriors, 52 points in Minnesota. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. He, of course, mentioned that he's good friends with Carl Anthony Towns. They got together, I think, along with Devin Booker on a Slam Magazine cover or something like that. (laughs) Uh, And then, you know... The Warriors went on to win the championship two years later, and the Timberwolves went on to trade D'Angelo Russell as well, and now they're in first place. Mm. Trading mm. D'Angelo Russell yeah. works out for teams. Yeah. He, he was, like, totally adequate in Minnesota. Like, it's a classic D'Angelo Russell where he won them some games and definitely lost them other games, but he played brutal in a six-game series loss against the Grizzlies in 2022. He shot, like, 33% from the floor. He was really, really bad. Uh, and then you said it, Wiggins, man, he turned into an all-star. <laughs> Andrew Wiggins was an all-star. And uh, a big part of that was the Warriors were rolling at the all-star break. They had like 42 wins. I remember us debating, like, is Andrew Wiggins really an all-star? Is he just being, he's getting the Warriors bump here. But anyway, he made it. And then he went to the next level the next year and helping them win the title. And now 
what's so weird about it all is now he's like, <laughs> he's back to being even worse than he ever was at the end of his Minnesota days. Mm-hmm. That's whatever's going on. Yeah. It was the ultimate locker room environment there in Golden State because people questioned, why Why are you acquiring Andrew Wiggins? Uh, because the, the Minnesota run was obviously filled with many, many points, but not a lot of championship type uh, aspirations. And then he went and won one with the Golden State Warriors. So it might seem stupid now because of way, the way Wiggins is, is going right now and that he signed a four-year deal with, with Golden State. But looking back, it was a heck of a deal. The whole thing from Kevin Durant to D'Angelo Russell that turned into Andrew Wiggins. Uh, yeah, they had to trade Amari Spellman. I get it. Um, <laughs> Omar, I remember Amari Spellman and Kevin Herter and Trey Young in their press conference when they were drafted here in Atlanta in 2018. <laughs> Oh, it was fun. Uh, but Amari <laughs> Spellman didn't last too long. No. He was part of those the weird Golden State days when they were going 15 and 50, uh, that, the quick, that quick year. But uh, Wiggy. I just like the timing back, of Wiggy. this one because. Oh, Kuminga was part of that deal as well. Well, he yeah. was, the, he oh, was yeah. the pick, yeah. Yeah, they should have picked France. <laughs> yeah, right, same draft. Um, I think what's fascinating is the timing of this, right, taking this little trip down memory lane. It's because, like, at the time it was like, is Andrew Wiggins' career salvageable? Like, can anybody – sort of save this like he scored a lot in Minnesota but obviously he was on the uh, felt like he was on always on the El Tizo team right it was like oh he's really good at times then he goes missing and so he did you know the Warriors did can it happen again is he too old is it over I mean I wouldn't bet on it happening again but I mean it might his be name the ultimate El Tizo yeah yeah falling <laughs> yeah. out in the final signing a hundred million dollar yeah. contract extension a couple of months later and then what we've seen since. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, 2019, our final year here. Uh, the biggest name traded at the deadline actually occurred a week before, uh, and it was the Dallas Mavericks acquiring all-star forward Kristaps Porzingis, along with Trey Burke, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Courtney Lee, from the Knicks in exchange for a package that included point guard Dennis Smith Jr., DeAndre Jordan, your boy Wesley Matthews, and two future first-round picks. Two fun notes about this Porzingis deal, him going from New York to Dallas. The deal apparently came together after Porzingis met with Knicks management on that Thursday and left the franchise with the impression that he wanted out. He's like, he doesn't want to be here. The meeting apparently lasted five minutes. (laughs) That was reports at the time. And I guess the Knicks called New Orleans about, hey, can we get Anthony Davis? And the Pelicans were like, ah, we're not all that interested. We don't even think Porzingis will, like, sign here long term. So, no, we're out on that. And instead, he goes to uh, to Dallas here. But that made me laugh. Five mm-hmm. minutes, poor thing. Was like, <laughs> like, ah, he doesn't want to be here. Trade his ass. Yeah, and they tried to make it work with him and Luca, but yeah. it, it just ultimately he just kept getting hurt yep. there. And you see what the Celtics are doing differently. They went and paid a lot to go get Kristaps Porzingis, but he's sitting out fairly regularly to keep the the legs fresh as much mm-hmm. as possible. And when he's out there, looks fantastic as a support guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was an All Star way back when with the Knicks. Yeah. Uh, things look good. Then he got hurt, unfortunately, right then and there. So he was the biggest name at that deadline, but the most impactful player traded during the 2019 during the 2019 deadline was the Raptors acquiring Marcus All. Marcus All, yeah, from uh, from the Grizzlies for Valanciunas, Delon Wright, C.J. Miles, and a 24 second round pick. Raptors president Masai Ujiri said at the time, "Mark brings significant playoff experience to our team." which along with his savviness and leadership skills really helps position us for an ultimate postseason goal. He called his shot on that one. 
Gasol played in all 24 playoff games. He averaged 10, 6, and 4 at a steal and a block. He hit 34 total three-pointers in that postseason run. Was a huge reason why they took care of Joel Embiid uh, and sort of contained him. So, yeah, Marcus Gasol was the most impactful player. But going through this, you know, big names, but when you see the list of all the deadline moves, there are so many that are, like, pointless. Pointless. Mm-hmm. Pointless. And, you know, we will, it'll happen again, and we'll talk here at the table. Oh, yeah, this is a game changer. This might mean this. But in the end, like 90% of them have very little impact on the <laughs> actual season. True. Yeah. But anyway, that was fun to do. A mm-hmm. uh, little trivia question, though, off of Gasol. Those uh, 34 made three pointers in one postseason run, only one other player listed 6'10 or taller has ever hit more in a single postseason. Kevin Durant. In NBA history. Dirk. No. No one no. Center. Center. Sorry. Not Towns. Center listed 6'10". <laughs> okay. I'm like, 34 is not taller. that many, so... Should be gettable. A center it it's gettable. Three is Brooke Lopez? No. It wasn't Towns. No. I mean, you got to remember, you got to play a lot of games. Yeah. Like, so that's yeah. Right. Who knows? Two rounds, you get hot. Yeah. Uh, so somebody Bosch? Went, nah, he was Bosch. See, Bosch has one of the uh, one of the highest. High, I think yeah. he hit thirty in one of the uh, postseason runs. Channing Frye also had one postseason oh, yeah. run where he hit a ton. Oh yeah. But uh, you haven't named that. the guy yet. He's a superstar. Jokic. Jokic. Yeah, duh. Uh. He hit, <laughs> Jokic hit yeah, forty-two he threes in nineteen games during the twenty twenty postseason, and then he hit thirty-five threes during last year's championship run. Mm. But still, pretty freaking impressive. Marcus Sol hit thirty-four. That's wild. Because that guy, like, we talk a lot about Brooke Lopez. I was thinking about this. Like, I'm glad you brought that up, Trey. About, like, wow, this guy didn't shoot a three-pointer, like, for the first, like, seven or eight years of his career and then suddenly turned into this amazing um, three-point marksman. You know, Marcus Saul, not as much, but Al Horford should be included in that, too. Al Horford made, like, 23s in his first, like, seven years in the league and now is, like, one of the better big men from, from shooting distance, and he's done it in the playoffs, too. Yeah, and I bet you look back, he probably shot less twos in that playoff run. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> he was just standing up three-point line. And he did it in very limited minutes, too, because he was sharing the, the center role with Serge Ibaka. He wasn't playing a ton. Yeah. But he was out there shooting when he was out there. Yeah, if you round down to include six foot nine guys, Al Horford tops the list with 47 made three-pointers in just 23 games during the Celtics' run of the finals. So, yeah, he was letting it fly. And again, he, only, he barely shot in, in Atlanta. I can't remember one single Al Horford three-pointer in Atlanta. <laughs> but he uh, added it to his game. Anyway, there it is. Uh, again, the last five trade deadlines, biggest names traded. Who will it be this year? I know TK was very happy with a Lakers loss last night because every Lakers <laughs> loss means it's maybe more likely that they make a trade for Zach Levine. Skeets, do you think it was a coincidence that I mentioned the Lakers need three-point shooting this I season? I do not. <laughs> I do not indeed. <laughs> No, you got to talk it into existence, my man. Zach Levine, Siakam, DeJounte Murray, or you never know. Maybe there's a surprise out there. We're going to take one more break. When we come back, tweet of the night and rapid fire. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams, trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. 
There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy, and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. If you get rid of uh, the guy having to be a center, 6'10 or taller, to hit the most three-pointers in one postseason run, it's a fun list. Durant uh, is near the top of the list. He had 47 made threes during one of the Warriors' runs in 21 games. But number one, Rashard Lewis, 6'10", hit 52 threes over 24 games when the Magic uh, went to the finals in 08, 09. Second, Tim Thomas, <laughs> Tim Thomas. from the Suns. He did it in 20 games. He had 48 threes. That's incredible. And he's wearing three headbands, I heard. <laughs> incredible stuff there. Michael Porter Jr. also had a great shooting year last year. Anyway, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. It's simple. It's a photo. If you're listening to the podcast... Go seek this out on Twitter or fire up our YouTube stream. It's from at W. Scott Davis. The singer of the War on Drugs kind of looks like rock and roll Zach Lowe. <laughs> and it's true. Yes, it's not bad at all. <laughs> there were a lot of jokes about, uh, you know, this is Zach Lowe after two beers. <laughs> Usually a one beer man. But uh, great tweets. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, it's perfect. It's perfect. What okay. do you think Zach Lowe's favorite song is? Like all music? Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I just never hear him talk about music. No, I was going to say, is he one of these rare people that doesn't like music? <laughs> maybe he's not passionate about music. Yeah, not I passionate that, about I think music. that's a lie. I don't think there's anybody out there that doesn't like music, but maybe they don't care to know who sings the songs or what they're called. Well, our, our friend Julie Gardner famously says she has no passion for music. She will not put on music in the house, in the radio. And we're like, what? She's like, I'd just rather listen to nothing. <laughs> it blows our mind. It's the most insane take. But there is one person, Trey. Maybe Zach one Lowe. Person, yeah. Maybe Zach Lowe is uh, like Julie, but oh, I remember what it is. Here we go. Get low. <laughs> <laughs> Jalen Rose used to yeah. sing it all the time, right? You're right. You're <laughs> I right. forgot about that. Good stuff. All right, great tweet there, Scott. Uh, let's wrap up this drop podcast with some rapid fire fun. TK, you got the questions this week, man. People in the stream team are admitting they don't like music. <laughs> Y'all are crazy. Put some tunes in your ears. Our first rapid fire question. A guy on Twitter posted a picture of himself standing next to a cardboard cutout of Paul George while dressed exactly like Paul George. And the caption read, respect greatness. Fellas, which famous person could you reasonably impersonate? Skeets. Well, only because we were talking music. Can I go with uh, the lead singer from Incubus? Brandon Boyd? Nah, nah. I'll go, uh, if I took the beard off, uh, I've, of course, gotten before and talked about it before. Some similarities to Hall of Famer Steve Nash. So, uh, and, and can I can I do a really shitty impersonation of him out on the basketball court? Yeah, yeah, I can. Uh, so I'll go Nash, but, but shout out to Incubus. <laughs> Incubus guy's pretty good, actually. Yeah. Pretty accurate. Some similarities. Again, I gotta take the beard off, but yeah, it's there. 
I, got, I had to look over at Trey's computer to see that photo. He's I don't know what the Incubus boy. guys look like. I don't yeah, like music. Me, same. If you see the guy, Brandon, I mean, I, I get it. A little bit, yeah. I've gotten it a little bit. Sure. In yeah. the past. Same with me here. My pick is John Stamos. I don't really look like him, <laughs> uh, but, you know, his background is Greek. We reshot the, the Full House opening theme song. I played John Stamos. You know, this was yep. way back when. We were in San Fran 2011. It was fun. Uh, but also, he's been the face of Oikos yogurt recently, and I don't eat Greek yogurt anymore, and I'd like to get back into it. What happened? Wow. Yeah, he gave it up? Yeah. I've just had enough yogurt. I'm just, it's just, <laughs> used to it's be just a like, ah, uh, uh, yeah, hit my limit. Yeah, take a break sometimes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yogurt. For sure. Back it's like it. chips, like flavors of chips. Yeah. You're like, you eat too many of them. You're like, ah, I don't ever want to eat another one of these again. <laughs> Leave it five years and then you'll be back. You'll I'll be, be back, back on the yogurt trail. <laughs> you'll be back. Oh, I'll be back. I'm <laughs> back on the sour cream and onion. <laughs> <laughs> Even the boring ones, the zoots. Zoots? Z- Z- Zoots? I think that's Z-U-T apostrophe S. Maybe I'm saying it wrong. I don't know. Zoots? There's, it's like a standard, like, put a them brand? with chips. Yes, 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 oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay. Zoots? I'm looking at uh, it. Maybe I'm saying it wrong. I don't know. But it's a standard, like, throw it on some, uh, with a sandwich type. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they're fine. Back on chips, off yogurt. <laughs> JD, which famous person could you impersonate? I mean... It's Rick Rubin. Hey. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Holy. Here's a split screen. Of <laughs> Hell, yeah. No, both and, of you're, and you're both sick producers, man. <laughs> yeah. We we are the Beastie Boys of uh, sports shows, I think. <laughs> you look like the evil and good version of each other in this picture. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm evil, obviously. <laughs> but, yeah. Great yeah. answer. <laughs> you look like the dude there as well, a little bit. A little That's bit. A, <laughs> a little dude-ish. My chips are Oots. U-T-Z. Oh, I love Oots. Oh, yeah. Oots. Those chips are awesome. They're good. I love uh, good. the honey barbecue. It's that's damn good. Chip That's a good chip. Is yeah. it Oots or Uts? I, I, I say Oots, but yeah, it's probably yeah, Uts. Yeah. It looks like Uts. Yeah. Was that a Mad Men episode? Was there a Mad Men episode about Uts or something <laughs> oh, like I that? Don Draper like a... was selling us Uts. No, there was another guy who was like trying to pull some moves about a chip brand. I don't think it was Uts, but I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know, but they got good commercials. I want to try their like pretzel chips or something like that. Yeah, they got a lot of chips. Yeah. Let us know what you guys think about Utz chips, <laughs> please. They're good. Video surfaced this week of Sixers coach Nick Nurse jamming with rock bands Mountjoy and the Arkells. <laughs> I didn't know that he was going to bring his guitar to Philadelphia, but he did. He's but Nick the, Nurse, but man. But in the clip, was he not playing the piano? Yeah, it looked like point. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was, blo- well, I was blown away by that. I was like, oh, this guy can also play the piano. Like, plays it all, baby. It's pretty impressive. He likes music. He likes music. He absolutely Here's likes who music. we know likes music in the NBA. Grant Hill and Nick Nurse. <laughs> <laughs> Top two music lovers. <laughs> uh, what's another NBA slash entertainment industry collaboration you'd like to see, Skeets? Well, you guys know of the Yacht Rock Review. Sure. Uh, it's, a, it's a band that I believe sort of started here in Atlanta. They tour around the uh, country now. Nostalgia heavy soft rock, right, is what we're looking at here. So... I want the following uh, players to be in the Yacht Rock review. Did I want to fire the pun gun? Yes, I did. Uh, the Booby Gibson brothers. Mm-hmm. Nice. Kenny Smith Loggins. Fleetwood Shelvin Mack. Oh, yeah. Steely Mike D'Antoni. Or Steely Dan Gensurich. I don't know. Whatever one you want. Steely and Dan Gensurich. And then Michael McDonald. And you're going, well, where's the pun in that? There was a player who played one game for the Hornets in 1998 named Michael McDonald. Wow. <laughs> we should do a short on this guy. Yeah, he's a 6'10 center from New Orleans. He played one game 
he scored, so he got some stats in the game. But his name is straight up Michael McDonald. So you're saying he played one game and then he took it to the streets. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You could easily be uh, lying about this. This could be something that a fool believes. Oh, jeez. Look at this. He's on fire, man. He's on fire. Yeah, Michael McDonald. <sighs> Ride like the wind. I got to come up with a <laughs> for that later. Yeah, riding the bench like the wind. Yeah. Yeah, he's from New Orleans. Maybe he's just a musician slash basketball player. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> what a crazy voice Michael McDonald has. Oh, yeah. Yeah. NBA Entertainment Industry Collaboration. Me. Well, when you're an athlete and you're on the road, you're bound to get nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, <laughs> even diarrhea. <laughs> hey, there's Pepto-Bismol. Nausea, heartburn, indigestion, <laughs> upset stomach, even diarrhea. Hey, there's Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> Nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, even diarrhea. I can't sing this. Hey, there's Pepto-Bismol. Maybe it's just the music that's throwing me off. I just want five NBA players to redo the Pepto-Bismol ad, which okay. was which was five which was five people standing side by side, holding their stomach or, or holding their butts but. uh, <laughs> because they're having problems. So. Actually, when Netflix does their new, their their their, their new thing, new series, yeah, their new series. Why we have Sabonis, Anthony Edwards, LeBron, Butler, and Tatum on the front? They should do a Pepto Bismol. Yeah. Why not? Okay. Yeah, they each go on of the them road. representing the the various elements that Pepto Bismol. Yeah. Nausea, heartburn, ingestion up yeah. to the stomach, even diarrhea. Uh, out, out of those five guys, who gets diarrhea? Sabonis, Anthony Edwards, Butler, Butler. obviously. <laughs> Butler, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, done and done. Tatum would bring out his Tatums uh, to help his stomach. But why the heck not? Wow, we are firing the budget. <laughs> they should remake the Pepto Bismol commercial. I love it. Yeah, I did not expect ad. that. Because when you think music, and you think Pepto Bismol's commercial. Well, I had some hot pot last week, and somebody mentioned that to me. Just, just in case. Really? Yeah. Huh. I, my stomach did hurt, but I didn't have Pepto. Have you ever taken Pepto Bismol? Never. I'm never. Gross. Uh, I'm still a Gross. devotee. <laughs> I gotta take it every day. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you, you should be on uh, the new docuseries. <laughs> Get your Rick Rubin on and produce this commercial. Yeah. No, I, I suffer from all of them. Really? Yeah, yeah. Almost like the Sorry, Macarena over here. Do you like, drink the liquid or take the tabs? Or uh, liquid. The yeah, macarena. liquid's the most immediate. Uh, okay. I'm just kidding. I don't take it every day, but I have definitely taken it before. Not a fun product to buy at the store, though. <laughs> No. <laughs> You're like, just one <laughs> bottle of Pepto Bismol, please. Please don't ask a question. <laughs> Not for me. Oh, man. <laughs> for my sick children. Uh, Raptors coach Darko. No, did you oh, yeah. I oh, have not answered. I have no puns. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not it's not music related, but it is a collaboration. NBA Entertainment. Dirk Nowitzki paired up with, you know what? Fuck it. Me. I'm in the NBA entertainment industry. <laughs> yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's me and Dirk versus Tyson Apostle and Aisha Tyler, two big pickleball people, and we're playing pickleball. A celebrity cage match of pickleball. Damn. Yeah. Okay. That's what I want to see. <laughs> what would you call it? Because like, they've had like yeah. a match or whatever is like the golf one, right? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, you know, the dink probably. <laughs> oh, dink. oh, the dink coming up on the cock later. <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly. Right. Perfect. Brought to you by Pepto Bismol. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Raptors coach Darko Ryakovic went on an epic rant earlier this week after a loss in which the Lakers took 23 fourth quarter free throws to Toronto's two. He called the officiating complete crap. 
Get him some Pepto-Bismol, he said. <laughs> Guys, what's something infuriating that makes you want to go on a Darko-style rant? Uh, I don't know about infuriating, but I shared this on Twitter the other day, so let me lean into the rant. It was, uh, it was about the discourse around Pat McAfee re- recently with the whole Aaron Rodgers thing and Norby Williamson, ESPN, and all that, and that's fine, and you can leave that where it is. But there was a lot of talking about Pat McAfee and the move from YouTube, his show, to ESPN. The idea of like sort of a podcast or a YouTube show going to a big network. And a lot of people talking about it. Maybe it was doing well. Maybe it's not. Whatever. But within all these podcasts I heard about it, within all these articles I heard about it, whenever that was mentioned, I was waiting, just waiting for someone to bring up our show. The Basketball Jones going from a podcast, sort of a YouTube show, to NBA TV as the starters. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it was a success. Yeah. Six Absolutely. seasons. A thousand plus shows. Young demographic. Yes, we eventually <laughs> did not sign the third contract. We got oh, I'm of, sorry. Shows get canceled. I, hey, look, Six we got seasons. a little forced out during a merger, if we're being completely honest. That's exactly right. But the point was, I just kept waiting for it to come up. Somebody, drop it. It was a success. And it never did. Hmm. So I just let the Twitter, I let the X know. <laughs> and people, of course, were. I was not looking for compliments, but I'm just like, put some respect on our name. You forgot about us. And that's it. So that was sort of a rant. I guess I was turning into a rant. That I could, was nice. Okay. That was nice. Yeah, I was like man. a table pound, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Take that. Take for... that for data. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we were and are one of the rare, and there are others. Don't get me wrong, but rare, like podcast to TV success stories. It can be done. We did it. We left TV when it was cool to leave TV. <laughs> TV's dead, baby. <laughs> all streaming now. <laughs> we'll be back on TV. Usually. Yeah, eventually. But, <laughs> but, and then it will be cool again. Yeah. yeah. When we decide, though. It's up to us. I That's will say exactly Peacock right. may no longer be an option oh, for us. We can't go on the cock? I don't know if it likes <laughs> calling it that. <laughs> <laughs> Better than the P. <laughs> uh, Tass, what are you going on a rant about? Um, in general, VR headsets. Because uh, I want them to work <laughs> mm. every time I see them. I want to make that purchase, but every time I put them on my face, they don't work. I mean, they work fine, but this ain't the future yet. <laughs> it's like it's like us starting our podcast 20 years ago. Now everybody podcasting. Maybe podcasts weren't good for a while. Six, seven years, eight years, nine years, ten years. But they came around, just like VR headsets. I think they will come around. But they're not the most... I don't know what even the word is. It's just it's not a great experience every yeah. single time. Yeah. So one day. This came one up day, last night uh, after we played uh, Hoops and we went for Wings. We started talking about VR. Someone was like, do people still watch NBA games on their VR headsets? And Trey and I were like, I, you don't hear anything about it anymore. <laughs> Definitely Maybe. Not. You were the yeah. only, like you were one of the rare people, Tass was, that even tried it. Mm-hmm. You said it was fine, but it was fine, the but problem I, is was... like 15 minutes later, you're like, you're wearing this dumb headset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm using my eyes to watch a game. It didn't feel like I was Immersive. there yeah. exactly. And it's innovative and all that, but I could also just take it off and watch the game. Um, so I was, <laughs> and, and, and look at your wife and kids and around your <laughs> yeah. room. Yeah, yeah. I'm tapped in. I'm in Golden State now. <laughs> it's been but, around a long time. VR at this point, I yeah. feel like. There's a new yeah. one coming from Apple, I think, like a new headset. Yeah, if it doesn't work with Apple, that's bad. Yeah, yeah. We'll there's a the future. <laughs> JD, what are you ranting about? It's the YouTube algorithm, and I don't want to bite the hand that feeds us, but 
It's complete crap, to use Darko's <laughs> words. On one hand, it it rewards you for negativity. Like, mm. you know, whenever we put, oh, it's the worst dunk you've ever seen or whatever, goes through the roof. Yeah. Like, it's pushing it to people. People are angry. It's going to get angry. But on the other hand, especially on the is this good side, anything. It's like, I, I, I picture the, the algorithm as like a, you know, a pearl-clutching schoolmarm from the 1930s is just like any any sort of reference to nudity or anything like scandalous, like the stuff that we've that, that has been uh, choked down or, or throttled on the on the is this good side? Urination in a pool, like nobody, it, like it just censored us. A wardrobe malfunction. To be fair, we did. You know, we said breasts akimbo. That was said by our <laughs> our guest. But still, you know, Akimbo. vaping. Akimbo. We talked about an age gap between what two of our guests. All this stuff has just been right. throttled for no reason. We spend so much time agonizing over, oh, what should we call this? Let's call it, you know, oh, the algorithm's not going to like that. Don't call it that. <laughs> it's just like, God. That's really tough for a show like, is this good? I know, because everything is like, it's all, you know, our brand is, uh, what is it? Sucking, fucking, and puking. And uh, nothing good. This, now this is going to get throttled because I uttered those words. But what did you what did you start well, your we, kept, with? we were screaming the cock for a good three That's minutes, That's true. Too. Oh, we were talking about peacock. Yeah. Oh, Get yeah. your mind out of the gutter, Skeets. Oh, sorry. I thought we were talking You're about peacock. You're worse than the algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. We were talking about streaming? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a good one, man. Yeah, good God rant. Damn, God damn. You'll do your head in trying to figure out. Oh yeah, sort of and that's the thing. Like, yeah. and it could change. It's it could change overnight. And <laughs> you know, content content creation. Like, I'd I'd rather deal with the FCC to be honest. Like, they're more. You know, <laughs> it's like the the SNL sketch sketch when they're you know, uh, oh, we can say penis. Great, we're gonna say it fifty five times in one sketch. Right. You know. You can't say penis on the YouTube algorithm. It's the internet, guys. <laughs> anyway, that's it. Do you click that's the good. not for kids and all that? Yes, of course. Okay, okay. <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> that's a great rap. A great rap. Nobody can figure out the algorithm. He's, he's a mystery. He's fired up, man. All right, that's the uh, rapid fire portion of the show. Not so rapid, but who cares? That's the drop. Hopefully a classic. You tell us. You gotta help us beat the algorithm yeah. on this one, guys. You gotta hit that like button. You gotta subscribe. You gotta share the show. Or otherwise, we're gonna have like five views on this one for all the stuff we said here. So help us out. Do your part. Podcast listeners, please leave us a five-star rating and review. There are 23 NBA games on this weekend. Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday. Chunky. It's a holiday here in the States for most people. Martin Luther King Day. But we're gonna be here at 10 a.m. to break down the weekend. So join us live here from the Classic Factory on YouTube at 10 a.m. And, uh, yeah, we have a lot to talk about in theory. Will we get a big trade? Will there be an emergency podcast for crying out loud? You never know as we get closer and closer to the deadline. So we'll see you for either an emergency podcast or on Monday. Till then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, the algorithm on the Internet can be complete crap. Although it was pretty good for us when we talked about Darko. So thanks, oh, yeah. <laughs> thanks, Darko. Well, that's, it. it speaks to what JD was saying. Yeah. Negativity. Yeah. Anger. Mm-hmm. The yeah. worst. People the referees. Crap yeah, crap yeah. videos. Thanks for that word. Crap is good because... <laughs> it is a good word. Yeah. It's good because I think it, it's, it straddles the line. Yeah. Yeah. It's not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> <right. Yeah. laughs> Embrace the weekend, people. 